Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Chassidus in the morning, 15 minutes. Change your life. Hachanaf Yitzvat Basilagani. So, we're going to start chapter four, and there's two more parking to go. Probably not going to finish it by tomorrow, but we'll see where we go. Basically, we'll try to rush a little bit. Basically, so we're talking about yesterday, is that about the alpha discussion is about bringing the Shekhinah down below, bringing Mashiach back down. And that's through the Vodis Gaf and Tapcho, we said. Um, and then we said, and they said in Perik, base and Gimel, base is talking about that we have to work on Nefesh Bahamas. And in Gimel, we discussed this spirit of, of foolishness that it makes us turn away from the Shittim, from the Keisha wood, the Shittim wood that built the Mishkan. And we're going to come back to that in, in chapter five. In chapter four, so we're going to discuss that even though we make, we might make mistakes and we do all these things that are feeding not to the Nefesh Lekis, but to the Nefesh Bahamas, delighting in the pleasure of this world, like the seven layer cake. Nevertheless, we're going to discuss in chapter four, it can't affect us to the ultimate extreme. Let's see. Top of page 18. Though, as stated above, the world obscures godliness, i.e. the spirit of folly stemming from the animal soul can obscure the light of, and truth of godly soul. So what does it mean that the world can, conceals godliness? It means that within your world, besides the big world, but in your world, your animal soul is covering over the true godly the godliness of your soul, like you, the sensitivity to that godliness. This affects only the middays, the motive attributes of the godly soul, but not its essence. But you should know it affects the ability that you have to tap into the emotions of godliness, but the essential godliness, the essence, is, it never gets destroyed. Nothing happens to it. And he explains, the bond of the soul with its divine source is alluded to in the phrase, Yaakov Yaakov is the record or the rope of his inheritance. The connection of the soul to God is comprised of like is compared to a cord, comprising 613 strands. The cord is the soul itself. It is the soul that connects the Jew to God. So we have a cord, and that's 613 strands, which is the mitzvah, and that connects us to God. The 613 strands are the 613 faculties of the soul that are spoken to in Tanya in chapter 51. This metaphor can be better understood in terms of the teaching of our sages in Sanhedrin. So, so just to make sure we have this clear, that we have, at the, so to speak, a rope, which is the, which is still on the thirteen strands, which connects us to God. It's, it, it has synonymous with the rope of Torah mitzvahs, and also within us the twenty forty eight limbs, and he's going to and three hundred sixty five sinews, and he's going to discuss this. But basically, that's our connection. Now, it says in time in, in Sanhedrin, that every person. Is obligated to say, for me was the world created. You know, some people think the Chassidus says you're a nobody, things like this. And like all these negative type of talk. And I think and you have to know that you're really a nobody. That's what Bittal is. Bittal is you're a nobody. So here it says clearly, Adam, it's, it's, a, it's a Gemara. The person is obligated to say the world was created for me. As we have seen, the word the word in the holy time for the for world has the same roots as the word for obscurity, meaning, and I talked about this once in a, a few weeks ago in our house, Shabbos Palak. 
for the very existence of the world conceals godliness. Proceed from this perspective, the above statement teaches that every man is obligated to say, for me was God's initial self-concealment and self-limitation created. Meaning when God originally had the idea to create a world, it's a long process, a lot of steps. And that first step that it took, which is a step that we can't, it's, it's like way above and beyond the ability to even create a world at that point. It's like the first concealment. And it's sort of, it's, it's where God can, so to speak, removed, metaphorically speaking, removed himself to make an empty space. You know, this is not the class for that discussion, but but you can imagine what that means. There's a place that God made, so to speak, a place that's 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 not godly. That's and this is way above the ability to create any worlds. And that first symptom, that first contraction, was made for us. And that's what he's saying. The the of this passage in Sanhedrin is we have to say that that first thing that happened, which is way greater than the whole world. And the seven billion people plus in the world, it's way greater than that, was created for us, for me. Not us as a collective, us and individuals. Why? Why was that? Why did God do that? So that I should seek out the divine element within the world and elevate it. The whole reason why the world was created was for us, and not just for us to sit there and eat seven layer cake, but it was for us to find opportunities to bring out godliness and to show really that the world did not doesn't conceal godliness. Man is so structured that he has 248 organs, 365 sinews, totaling 630 components. Universe, which is the microcosm of man, therefore parallels this structure throughout all the spiritual realms, throughout all the sages in the progressive descent and self-concealment to the divine light. For this reason, too, since it is the soul that connects a man's body and environment to God, the soul likewise has sinistony faculties and there are sinistony mitzvahs depending on them. So just like the world, the world is similar to us, so we have the student 13 components, which is the faculties, which is corresponding to the mitzvah. So it's dependent on these things. I mean, we have 630 parts to us that we need, that needs a mitzvah to help it become godly and do the right things. These 630 faculties of the soul are the 630 strands of the code, connecting man to God and establishing unity between them. And this 630 is like that code connecting us to God. That is dependent on all those mitzvahs you do. Every mitzvah helps that cord. Just as the body of the cord is, that is suspended from above connects both ends, similarly with the cord of the soul, the upper extremity is connected to God, i.e. in the Kabbalistic term, the final letter, hey, are the four letters, name of God, the hey, of, yeah, of the yud, the hey, the vav, and then the last hey. So the last hey is connected to the first three letters, to the yud, the hey, and the vav. The lower extremity of the cord of the soul is bound below. The lower part is connected below. I, the lower reaches of the soul that are known as a reflection of the soul are enclosed in the body and given a life. The part of our soul, which is called sort of like a reflection, which is a much lower part, but it's, bring, it's brought down here. But basically the point is that we're connected above through this string, which, which sticks into any strands. Though, through this explanation, we can understand the above mentioned verse, Yaakov is the code of his inheritance. That's what we said in the beginning. What does that mean? The name Yaakov is not only the name of the patriarchs, but also refers to his descendants, the Jewish people. This name comprises two elements. The letter Yud stands for the name of Hashem. The remaining three letters, which is Yaakov, of Yaakov, which is Akev Hill, through the code of the soul, even those individuals who are at the humblest of levels, even the hills, so to speak, of the Jewish people are firmly bound to the very essence of God. 
and are able to realize the potential as part of his inheritance. So what does it mean, Yaakov have an achlas, Yaakov inheritance? That we all have that ability to be that, have that connection. Even the person that's on the level of Akev, which is the heel, sort of the lowest of levels, they can have that connection. But when a Jew denies God or commits a sin, punishable by kares, meaning a sin that's punishable by death, by cutting off, he affects the totality of his connection. He touches the very essence of the soul. This alluded to in the verse, that your sins have separated you between your, you, between your God, between you and God. Between yourselves and your God, i.e. between yourselves and the godliness within your specific soul. I mean, it's not that you lost the connection to God, but you're cutting off the connection you have to your, to your soul and your godly soul and you, Nefesh Baham is that they're so totally um, defragmented, like fragmented. Because nothing, as is well known, nothing can obscure the connection of the essence of the soul. For this reason, when the totality of a soul's connection is threatened by certain categories of sin, the individual concerned senses that he would thereby become separated from godliness. And as has been stated above, no Jew is willing or able to be thus severed from God. He there, therefore understands, stands up staunchly to Jewishness. So he's saying, we have this rope, this inheritance connection we have within us to, within ourselves to our godly soul. And when we when it comes to a point of something that's gonna that we feel it's gonna cut off that cord, so we can't do it. And we 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 just we can't. We we willing to do whatever it takes. Because we don't want to be disconnected, like we explained that before. But what about other sins? So then you're not cutting off the whole cord, so you don't feel the lack, you know, so you're a little bit, you know, it's a little little strings missing. What's gonna be already? It's not a big deal. That's how we think to ourselves, that's how we feel. We may have not sense, we're not, we're not thinking about that, uh, you know, outright, but essentially that's what we're doing, and that's what we, that's what that's how that's how it is. Other sins, however, such as those not punishable by exposition, affect only particular strands of the code in the bad metaphor. When the same individual is confronted by such sins, they do not arouse as powerful response within them. But when one transgresses one of God's commandments, where the positive prohibitive myths of one strand of the code is snapped, robbing the particular faculty of the soul's the fact of that of the soul of its connection to God and weakens the entire connection. So we have to realize that when it, so when it comes to a an shalom that it's like total cutting off. So then it's very clear to us. When it comes to one little snipping one little string, it's not a big deal. The rope's still strong. Six and twelve strands are still pretty good. But we've got to realize that what are we doing? We're essentially cutting it off. Weakening the entire connection. However, since only particular strand are cut, the individual will not react as strongly. In these matters, the emotions of the animal soul conceal the emotion of the godly soul to the point where one cannot perceive the divine light. So what happens? The emotion of the, God, of the animal soul, the, its desire to fulfill this thing, even though it cuts a strand, is too powerful for the nephesal kiss to, to be able to have that safe because it, it, we don't feel that disconnect enough because it's only one little strand. Thus, they can bring an individual to sin. This is the work of the spirit of folly that derived from the Sidracha, the unholy side of the universe. It conceals the light of the spiritual truth from a man until he's no longer light sensitive. He sinks lower and lower until he transgresses the prohibitions of the Torah, and all this stems from the spirit of folly, as explained above, as we explained in the chapter before, the spirit of folly. So he's saying, he's saying this is what happens when a person doesn't have error, 
there's elevators that are very large, and therefore we feel that, and, and what would happen, so to speak, that connection gets severed between us and Nefshel Kiss, and it's very clear to us, we don't want such a thing, so we'll never do it. But then there's mitzvahs or various that are like, just a little bit, you know, and therefore we don't feel there's enough, enough to actually do something about it. But ultimately, why does that come about? It's because the spirit of folly, the, the yeah, spirit of folly you before, that causes us to do things that are irrational in a negative way. Um, what's the time? Uh, yeah, uh, summary. The above chapter explained how the spirit of folly can cover only the emotions of the godly song. Cannot conceal its essence nor its essential connection with God. So like we talked about, we're not talking about the connection between us and God, about us and our godliness within us, which is something very important for us. Because what, what the purpose of the godly soul coming down is to help us make the right decisions and connect to God. So when we cut that connection, so it, it doesn't, then we're like totally messed up. And that's what you just got to realize. What we're trying to do is build that relationship between the godly soul and the animal soul by doing what the godly soul wants and by teaching the animal soul in ways it can understand, by convincing ways it can understand, like the story that I said about the Danish, to come to Chassidus, and it could be fast anything. If I go to bed on time, then in the morning I'll uh, buy myself a coffee, a uh, fancy coffee from the store, or whatever it is. You know, if I dabble in the morning, I'll uh, treat myself to something, whatever it is.